welcome to Breathing Open Motherhood. I'm your host, Charmaine Yuma. I'm here to rewrite the narratives on what it gets to be like to live as modern mothers who are deeply connected to their instinctual truths, who thrive as mothers, who look back upon this time of our lives with absolute wonder and awe on how magic this motherhood gig is. This podcast is intended to be a source of inspiration only and not for specific or individualized treatment. Please always seek the advice of your health professional. If that's me, reach out at charmainnewmark.com before implementing any guidance on this podcast. Now, whilst I endeavor to not use any offensive language when I'm in flow, occasional cussing may slip through. So please be mindful around little ears. It is my deepest hope that these episodes help us rewrite the narratives together from a conversation of challenge and lack to one of openness, inspiration and liberation of our minds, bodies and spirits. I am so grateful to be able to do this with you all and enjoy the show. Good morning and welcome to this week's podcast of Breathing Open Motherhood. I am your host, Charmaine Yumak, and today I'm here to talk to you about the pillars of great gut health. So this was inspired by a listener email to ask me to do a podcast version of the seminar that I did at the recent Camden Wellness Expo. And I absolutely was so happy to jump in and talk about this topic because it was really inspiring for me to get back in front of a crowd after two long years of lockdown and talk about the simplicity of gut health. So as a naturopath who specializes in gut health and mental health, I very often have people coming in and expecting, you know, gut cleanses, crazy diet changes, um, probiotics, and all of the, you know, all of this really fancy stuff that we're sold generally on social media on what gut health needs to look like and be like. And our journey actually begins really differently. So the conversation that I had at the Camden Wellness Expo was just sharing these tangible, foundational things that we need to do before we even start to get into that stuff. And it has inspired me enough that I've also created a program, a three-month program called the Gut Club, which is held in Camden. It's a face-to-face program. Um, It's a -a once-a-month catch-up. It is a WhatsApp group to have the conversation continue on the outside. It's inspiration. Um, It's weekly drop-ins. It's gentle, gentle but foundation stuff all around the pillars of gut health, which I would love so, so much if people knew more of before they actually landed in my office because I can't tell you the amount of people whose things have been sorted out completely by just getting them to follow these few pillars of gut health. And we haven't even needed to dive into expensive supplements or expensive testing or, you know, we get off the um, train of looking for what's wrong and instead realise that we just need to kind of chew well and not overeat and most time things disappear. So today's conversation will be going through my top five pillars that I would love the whole world to know or I would love you to embody and would save you a bucket ton of money in practice if you embodied this stuff before you came in to see me. Because if you get this stuff sorted and you still have gut issues, then, yeah, we've got some work to do. But if you get this stuff sorted, I reckon about 80% of my clients' problems go away and we have very little left of work to do, which I think is really inspiring because it's free stuff, it's lifestyle stuff, it's simple. doesn't mean it's easy, but it is simple stuff. It's hard to change sometimes because we've got years of habitual eating. Um, but these these will hopefully feel like easy, tangible things that you can start as soon as you're ready to. 
So let's begin with pillar number one, chew well. So you know that old like chew 30 times, chew 40 times, chew it into a paste. Well, I'm going to talk to you about the reason why. So we have this system called the digestive system. The whole purpose of the gut is to get the food that you eat and digest it into little chunks of of nutrients that make your physical body. So it's the digestive system. Please excuse the chaotic wind outside. Um, So the purpose of the gut is to digest the food. If you can't digest the food, the food then comes and stays in the gut and it ferments and it causes all kinds of problems. So you want to digest it and absorb all the good stuff. That actually begins in the mouth. So we do about 30% of digestion, especially of carbohydrates and sugars, in our mouth. Very often, if you are a, I put my hand up here, type A, busy, on the run, always doing things, have lived in really high stress environments or workplaces where, you know, you quickly go back and you shove food down and then you're back on the desk or whatever. Um, we miss this step quite a lot. Teachers, put your hands up too for all of my teacher clients who, you know, you're shoveling down things before you go out on duty. Um, Mums, you're shoveling down, you know, leftover bits of toast before you do the school drop-off. Um, we miss a really important part of digestion when we skip chewing. 30% of digestion happens in our mouth. We've got to chew each bite into a paste. It's a really hard thing to do because your tongue is a muscle and it is trained on a whole lifetime of maybe shoveling down food. So that muscle, you're going to feel it want to swallow your food and you're going to be resisting it and it's going to feel really freaking weird. But the muscle, the tongue is a muscle, so we can train it to not swallow as quickly, but it takes time. So I invite you to put post-it notes on your fridge, um, write them on your lunch boxes um, with a Sharpie so it doesn't come off when you wash it. Um, you can put notes in your phone, whatever it is. We chew and drink roughly between 20 to 30 times a day. So you've got 20 to 30 opportunities to change this habit. Really hard one so powerful like has literally changed people's digestive systems completely people with ibs diagnoses who you know they've tried everything they've got all the fodmaps diet they've got everything under control and they still can't get it sorted we get them to chew their food and life changes for them it's beautiful chew well chew into a paste tip number two only eat when you're hungry so this is a tricky one because we're so busy that we often miss our hunger cues but The brain acknowledges when we're hungry and sends messages to the digestive system to start working and firing and priming the digestive system to get ready to digest food. So the brain, when it notices our hunger signals, sends messages to the pancreas. The pancreas spits out digestive enzymes into our stomach. These are the enzymes that help break your food up into little particles so that you can actually absorb the nutrients and digest the food. Really important part of absorbing nutrients out of our food is having those enzymes in our, in our gut to break it all up. That can happen or it doesn't. If you're not even aware that you're about to eat because you're so busy and you're just shoveling food down because it says that it's lunchtime and you're not even hungry, 
you don't have that primed digestive system ready to go to break down your food. So just invite you to tune into your hunger cues. Don't worry about the clock. I know this is hard if you're working and you've got set times. I totally get that. But we can hack that as well. We can, you know, actually just stop and pause and tune into the fact that we're about to eat food is really important. But where possible, if you can, you will digest food much better if you can actually feel that you're ready to eat and that you're hungry and you're not just eating out of boredom or because the clock tells you to. So cues that can show you when your body's physically hungry is you can feel a little bit of a rumble in your tummy. I feel like most people understand that feeling, but also the feeling of salivation in the mouth, so saliva. You know, when you're really hungry and you think of something that you really want to eat and you like dribble a little bit, (laughs) that is beautiful because within that saliva is all of your digestive enzymes. That is your body's way of telling you that it is ready to have food. It's got everything it needs. Saliva helps break down the food. Really important that we are salivated, (laughs) that we have saliva before we eat. Just try it out a little bit, you know, like eat when you're hungry and notice how your body feels when you have saliva as opposed to when you eat on the run and you're so dry because you've been so busy all day that your mouth's like a dry prune and you don't really actually digest that food very well. So tip number two, only eat when you're hungry. Tip number three is mindful eating. So that tunes into that concept that the brain is telling the gut how, you know, that's ready to digest food. Um, So we want to encourage that process to work and to work well by actually just taking a moment to notice that you're eating food as opposed to, you know, working or wrangling the kids and shoveling a few bites in, um, you know, driving on the phone, shoveling a few bites in, don't even know what you're eating, don't really even care as long as you get something into your body because you're about to pass out because you're so hungry. I imagine and I, I, I just intuit into this vision often and I really, really want to go back there one day is what it would have been like for us as foragers and hunters and gatherers. As we would have moved through the forest, we wouldn't have had the distractions of, you know, what time school drop off, when's the nanny coming over, um, you know, is this bill paid, oh, shit, that bill didn't get paid. Um, when am I going to work? What time's that podcast got to come out? Is this product under control? Like the mental load of functioning in 2022 and then add like 60 to 80 notifications a day come through a phone is insane, insane. When our bodies were designed to eat, we would have been foraging through a forest with sun on our face, with fresh air, with our tribe and our community with us. We would have really just been tuned into what was in front of us, what leaves could we eat, what berries could we pick, was that mushroom safe or not safe, does that bug taste yummy or not yummy, oh, look at that flower over there, I love those ones, they have so much beautiful nectar and give me a little energy here. We wouldn't have had the enormous conversation around is this the right choice to make or not, is this healthy or not healthy. It would have been, oh, seafood, eat food. And you wouldn't have known when your next meal would have been, right? Unless you did. And, you know, I'm sure there would have been quite a lot of continuous um, food when we knew what we were doing back then. But 
I could imagine you would have really revered and savoured that opportunity because who knew? Who knew what was going to be happening next? It would have been such a beautiful process to even find the right food that you could eat. So I could imagine we would have really enjoyed it. Fast forward to now, we've lost that sacredness of eating and we've lost that sacredness of food. It's now like, how can we just, it's a means to an end. How can we just get it in so we can keep going? How can we just tick dinner off the to-do list so we can get to bed and get to the next to-do list? So we miss that brain telling the gut how to function and then the gut then telling the brain that it's done and that it's full and then the brain sending back things to help it move into the next part. So if we're not consciously eating, we're also missing those full signals. We're missing those signals that tell our brain, okay, we're done now, we're full, and then the brain tells the mouth, okay, we're done now, we're going to stop chewing now. So we have a tendency to overeat. Overeating the gut is like it can be so chaotic for things like constipation, diarrhea, bloating, nausea, stomach ulcers, hiatal hernias, indigestion, reflux. If you overfill a gut that's got those things like commonly chronic, you're just adding fuel to the fire. It's like, you know, I just had an image of, you know, when you squeeze a stress ball and it all just kind of like blasts out the side. It's kind of the same as that. Or when you squeeze Play-Doh and it's like, and it just puts pressure on the whole system. So if you're overeating and feeling like the stomach upstairs, that doesn't just affect that part of the digestive system. It affects the whole digestive system. So that takes us into the next conversation, which is avoiding overeating. So tip number four, avoiding overeating. I would say probably around 30% of my clients experience what's called a hiatal hernia. Hiatal hernia is essentially the stomach stressed beyond belief that it's actually herniated out the side. Um, so it really does look like you've just squeezed a stress ball and a blob has popped out the side, but that stays stuck there. So it's like a little side pocket to the um, to the stomach. Um, it's prone to infection. It's painful. It can cause indigestion and reflux because you don't digest your food properly. Um, and, you know, you can feel that physical pressure when you have a high hernia in your gut after you've eaten food. Um, it can be operated on. It can be manipulated by a manu- um, chiropractor or osteopath to help relieve some of the symptoms. Um, but it can be quite it can be quite problematic for a gut because it impacts the whole digestive system. If you're impacting any part of the gut, it impacts the whole gut. Um, hiatal hernias is something that we can reverse, but we need to stop putting pressure on the stomach first. So when we stop overeating, we allow that hiatal hernia to relax and to digest properly. Then we start to see it healing a little bit. So putting too much food in the system can, yes, can create hiatal hernias, um, but it also just slows down the whole system. So the stomach itself is the little blob at the bottom of your food pipe, your esophagus, and that takes around half an hour to empty. So if you're, you know, enjoying a meal over, you know, half an hour to an hour, you know, grazing, entree mains, dessert, whatever, that if your stomach gets too full, it makes it really hard for the little flap to open and to move food into the next part of the digestive system. So hello, indigestion and a heartburn. Um, If that happens too much, that gets stuck in a cascade because we start to create inflammation through the gut. We start to create inflammation through the esophagus and the food pipe and we start to lead to more chronic things like reflux and indigestion.
So very important not to put that pressure on the digestive system. Um, it also stops and slows down dramatically the whole digestive system. So if you're prone to constipation, I really encourage you to avoid overeating. A really big step. Step number five. Step number five is probably the most cliche one that I'm going to talk about, um, but it is really important step before we even look at changing and restricting the diet is to eat plants. So we have great bacteria in our gut and some bad guys in our gut, but our food chain, packet food, um, processed meats, sugary stuff is designed to feed the bad guys. The plants are designed to feed the good guys. So before we even need to worry about kicking out the bad guys and doing gut cleanses and all of that stuff, first we want to check that we're actually feeding the good guys first. Because as soon as we start feeding the good guys, little things can start to change. I can't tell you the number of people that have come in with constipation or diarrhea and we've literally just gone, okay, we just need to have five serves of fruit and veg a day. What that looks like is, okay, you eat Vegemite toast for breakfast. Awesome. I want you to slather it with avocado. There's one. I want you to also have a piece of fruit with that. There's two. So in the morning, you've already got your two serves there. Then for morning tea, you have a muesli bar. Beautiful. Let's have a, some cucumber or some carrot sticks with that as well. Lunch, you have a pasta. I want you to stir through some, a can of beans, um, stir, stir through some baby spinach. Um, and lunch, afternoon tea, you have, oh, what's an example of afternoon teas? A lot of people have like popcorn or rice crackers or something like that. Can we have it with a hummus? Can we have it with some carrot sticks? Can we have that with a piece of fruit? Already, we've added a whole bunch of good food for healthy bacteria in the gut. We don't always need to completely bomb the digestive system and kill off all the bad guys. We need to sometimes just alter the terrain a little bit so the good guys are kicking goals and they're thriving inside your gut and they will kick out the bad guys for you. So they also will then drive your cravings to be really different. If you've got bad guys running the show, you'll find it really hard to crave healthy stuff. You'll crave the shit food. You'll crave the sugar. You'll crave the chocolate. You'll crave the milkshakes and soft drinks and the ham and cheese croissants and the pastas because your crappy guys that are living in the gut are running your food cravings. If you start to add in really great food and you start to feed the healthy guys again, notice it only legit only takes three to four days. Try it. I really encourage you to try it, eating minimum five serves of fruit and veg a day and notice how your cravings start to change. It's really epic. And what you're doing then, you have a really tangible example that you are changing your gut microbiome, your gut bacteria, when you ditch and stop craving the really crappy food and start really feeling like the healthy food, you just then have created a healthier gut. The more you do that, the more your healthy gut thrives, the less likely you are to be sideswiped by infections and parasites and candida because your great guys are going to kick those guys out. They're going to manage it. They're like the crowd control. So before you even think, oh, yeah, I heard, you know, a gut cleanse is really good and it means you've got to go gluten-free, dairy-free, low, low sugar, low FODMAPs, low carb. Before we even get to that, I really invite you just to get into the habit of bringing, they say like five, five serves of veg, two serves of fruit. I think we're very largely far away from that. 
I would start with just five serves of fruit and veg a day, getting to that point. Don't reinvent the wheel. Take what you've already got and just add on to it. So always ask yourself, what can I add to this? What fruit or veg can I add to this to make it even more nutritious with my gut? And notice what happens. It's really, really beautiful. All right. So that was a really quick example. I wanted to keep this quick and punchy. It was a really quick example of my top five pillars. So just to recap, number one is chew well. Number two, only eat when you're hungry. Number three is mindfully eat. Number four is avoid overeating. And number five is eat a variety of plants. Hello, beautiful mama. I'm just interrupting your podcast briefly to invite you into my online space for mamas nourished where we breathe open motherhood together. This is a space where we get to rewrite the narratives with monthly new themes, weekly drop-ins, weekly lives, and also behind-the-scenes access to our podcast recordings. I really hope you can join us in the space, and the link is in the show notes if you're ready to dive in with us. Five top pillars of great gut health, always, always, irrespective of the next fad that comes in prebiotic, probiotic, gut bone broth, collagen powder, kombucha, irrespective of that, this stuff never changes ever. And you can nail that. You can get your family to nail that. I promise you, you will save your, yourself a lot of money in practice if you do come and work with me. And it will improve your absorption and your digestion of that beautiful diet that you're aiming towards tenfold tenfold if you've got a lot of gut symptoms watch them almost disappear it is really beautiful and really empowering so in the show notes i will add the link to be able to download a copy of the um the postcard that i did for the expo which was these five pillars so you can have that i actually had them up on magnet so that people could stick them up on their fridge to remind themselves of them every time they went to the fridge so you're so welcome to print it out pop it up on the fridge that would be beautiful i've got two spots left in my gut club so if anyone wants to jump into that today is the second i think this podcast should go live today or tomorrow um so if that speaks to you and you're like 100 i want to be there please reach out to me as soon as possible so i can make sure i hold a space for you it is in camden i do potentially have two or three people who want to join in online um, and via zoom so if you feel comfortable to sit in a group on a screen if you're not based in camden please let me know and we can have that conversation just reach out to me on social media or reach out to me at bewell at ecomama.com thank you so much for being part of this conversation i love to have this conversation i'm sure you can really feel how much it inspires me and lifts me up and i hope you have really got something powerful out of it today enjoy your day Thank you so much for diving into this week's episode of Breathing Open Motherhood. It is truly a pleasure to be able to share this wisdom with you. If you have any questions or if you have any topics that you'd love to hear me riff on, I would really adore to hear from you. You can reach out to me on all the socials at charmaine.newmark.nourish or online at charmainenewmark.com. And I'll see you on next week's podcast.